Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for moms who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, online fitness coach, wife, and mom of four. Every week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to Vices After Babies Radio, episode number 16. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I have an interview with my friend, Elizabeth Mortensen. Elizabeth has an amazing story, and I am super happy that she came on and was willing to share it. She has a really great story of how, that a lot of you probably will relate to, of how she kind of went from one extreme to the other, of not exercising and feeling very overweight after the birth of her first child, and then kind of going to the extreme opposite of like working out obsessively and being really focused on the food that she was eating. And then she kind of shares how she's kind of settled now in the middle with a little bit more balance in her life. And we talk about confidence and we talk about how to build that confidence. And this is something that is near and dear to my heart because I feel like, man, if we can just get a world of confident women, what an amazing the better world we would live in if we just had this army of just passionately confident women. So I'm really excited for you to listen to today's episode. And she gives really some five really actionable steps that you can start taking to start building that confidence. So if you're, you know, looking at this new year and saying, you know what, I really want to be more confident. We got some steps for you to follow. So let's hop into the interview with Elizabeth Mortensen. All right, ladies, I have Elizabeth Mortensen here with me today. How are you doing, Elizabeth? Good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm excited to be able to have you here and talk today about something that I think is so near and dear to my heart, and I know it's near and dear to your heart, and it's something that a lot of women struggle with, which is confidence. So I'm really excited to be able to to dive into this today with you. So, But before we do that, I kind of want to just do an introduction of you, kind of tell us who you are, what you're all about, all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, Like you said, I am Elizabeth Mortensen. I am a certified personal trainer and certified fitness nutrition specialist. Sorry, I have to like get that right sometimes. All the letters. (laughs) All the letters, right? Um, Most importantly, I am a mom of three beautiful daughters who are, each one got more and more stubborn. So they challenge me every day. (laughs) And I am married to my husband of 13 years and he is a hunky Air Force pilot. So we have been in the military for almost eight years actually over eight years now. Uh, and it has been something that has challenged me and I don't regret it one bit for all the things that I've been able to learn about it. I am definitely a believer in the ability to adapt. And I feel like if we cannot allow outside influences to change us in a positive way, then I feel like we're going to always be stuck. 
And that is kind of where I draw a lot of my passion from and wanting women to see that they're not stuck. Like this is just, they're not made to be this, how they're feeling. And a lot of that comes with those outside influences and they don't feel like they can adapt. And so my programs teach women. I have a 12 week customized program that I am super passionate about. I feel like customize is just not everyone needs customize because some people just need that little extra push, but there are someone out there, some women out there that really feel like they need someone to help them see their unique value. And I really feel like women don't look at themselves as individuals and we compare and we look at other women and we try and find their qualities that we're liking and we want to mimic them because we see them as having this amazing ability and we think it's because of that. And I really want women to know that it's their individual qualities and unique value that if you just let that shine, I mean, you're going places. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be you. And that's, that's really what my message and what I want women to come away with. And to just know that a lifestyle that is for you is only going to be created because it works for you and not against you. And so many times and so often we pick a program or we pick, you know, anything in life because it worked for someone else or someone else is doing amazing with something and we decide it's going to be amazing for us. And maybe it's not because it just doesn't fit our lifestyle. And so I really focus on making sure that my, um, my coaching style is customized to making sure that it's working for you and definitely not against you. Love that. So do you feel like being a military wife and going through that experience has kind of helped you come into your own and and kind of had some of these revelations personally that you're now able to like pass on to your clients? Oh, for sure. Like the ability to adapt. I mean, that's kind of where a lot of that stems from is, you know, I grew up living in the same home for pretty much my entire life. We moved once when I was in fifth grade, we moved to California for a year. And then I moved back to Utah. I mean, I pretty much, and we moved two blocks down from the house that we moved away from. So I pretty much grew up in the exact same place. I was, you know, taught so many things that it's just, I was comfortable. I, I hadn't even left the state of like the furthest I had gone was California in 18 years. Like I was so comfortable in this little bubble. And even now, like I say, you know, raising a middle schooler, you know, I, I talk to my husband all the time and I say, oh, I, I lived in this little, this little bubble. I didn't know how to, how to make things that changed work for me. And so definitely military moving around and having to get outside of my comfort zone. I am not a naturally outgoing person. And so for me, I've had to change that part of me in order to feel happy. Um, And that is all because the military has moved me from one place to the next. And I've had to change and I've had to adapt to different 
different areas. No one area was the same. I mean, I was in Oklahoma. That was a totally different, you know, people, people there are totally different. And then I moved to the Northwest and people are way are quieter and, and they, some, they weren't as outgoing, like athletically as, as I was. And so I had to kind of adapt to not change me because fitness was part of me. I wasn't going to all of a sudden not be a fitness person because nobody else was. Um, so I had to kind of adapt to still being me, but being able to show other people that, you know, they can be themselves still too. So for sure, it's something that has helped me, um, so much. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear you like we've moved around, we've moved coast to coast multiple times. And I remember when we moved from California to North Carolina, people were like, so is it different out there? And I'm like, yes, it is completely (laughs) different. Like it's different people, it's different culture. Like here in Southern California, we walk around with our four kids and people look at us like we have eyes growing on the back of our head. And in North Carolina, people are like, when do you have a number five? (laughs) You know, it's just a different culture. Um, So kind of talk about your love of fitness. Like when did that develop? Was that something that started really early for you? Or is that something you found a little bit later? Walk us through that. Uh, that is definitely something I found later. I did not grow up. I was not active growing up. I didn't play any sports. It was just kind of, um, I just coasted, I guess is what you want to say, but I wasn't ever, I I love outdoors. So I've always been outdoorsy. We would always go camping, backpacking, hiking, like that kind of stuff. But I wasn't, you know, uh, a runner in high school or any of that. So it wasn't until after I had my first daughter, I gained a little over 60 pounds with her. And for me, I'm five, four. And so 60 pounds is a lot of weight to gain. And I was kind of in denial that whole pregnancy. Like I just, I'd step on the scale at the doctor's office and they tell me, and I'm like, eh, I don't think that's right. You know, like I just, (laughs) I, I, I just wasn't, I felt like I wasn't doing anything different than I was before I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. But in hindsight, I was doing so many things different Mm -hmm. that made me pack on the weight. And so a year and a half after she was born, I was still 30 pounds heavier than my pre-pregnancy weight. Mm -hmm. And I just had this like illusion that the weight was just going to come off. Like I didn't have to do anything because I mean, that's just how it was going to be. And so once she was a year and a half old, I was so just unhappy with myself. And like, I just didn't like who I was as a mom and a wife because I just felt so insecure, not with so much of the way that my body looked, but just how I felt. Like I just didn't feel good. And uh, I was done working full time. My husband had just graduated and I said, I'm getting a gym membership. I'm going to the gym. And I said, okay, we're getting rid of ice cream. I, we're not having any ice cream in the house and I'm going to the gym at five 30 in the morning. And I got this, I'm doing this. And 10 days into it, <laughs> I got stressed out and I decided to eat ice cream and I stopped going to the gym. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm looking back, I'm like, well, duh. Like I did everything I preach not to do, you know, which is eliminate and change your lifestyle so drastically and all of these things. But it kind of ignited something in me, like that it showed me that I could do something for myself. Like I could go to the gym and I could do those kind of things. So it was a slow process from then on. I ended up not doing the gym. I just didn't work for me. And I did 
biggest loser home videos at home. <laughs> like, nice. Bob Harper was my man. Yeah, like, love me some Barb Harper. Yeah. So I started doing that. And for nine months, I, it was not, and I just, I started tracking my food and I just, I wasn't super strict. And I just knew whatever time I could put into it, I would just do. And it took about nine months, 10 months for me to lose, lose the weight, but I did it all at home with those videos. And then I started running a little bit. I started being able to, to run a little bit and I got kind of a like passion for that. I started really liking it. Uh, and then when we moved to Oklahoma, that's where it really, like really hit me, um, that I wanted to, help other women. I mean, I was in a really, a dark, a dark place. I mean, I don't know how far you want me to go in with this, with this story, but I was in a dark place in Oklahoma with my insecurities with it coming to fitness. Cause I've gone from one extreme to the other. I've gone from being overweight and not feeling happy to being thin and being incredibly unhappy. Mm -hmm. And in Oklahoma, I was incredibly unhappy because I had gone from losing the weight and a slow process to starting to run, to feeling addicted to, to knowing the number on a scale, to feeling like that number defined me, to feeling like no one else was going to love me unless I did these things and it was such a bad place. And I was doing this stroller fitness group and I loved it and I loved the community. But on the side, I was running five plus miles a day because I felt like if I did not run or I did not do that cardio, that I was going to gain the weight back, that I was going to be, you know, not this skinny wife that my husband, I believed he wanted me to be, which was so false, like so false looking back. And, uh, so in Oklahoma, I, I realized the, the damage I was doing to my body when I was trying to get pregnant with my second child. Cause my first one was instant. There was no problem, but my second child, multiple miscarriages. And after a year, the doctor finally told me that I had to stop running. And he said, you have to stop mm -hmm. running and you have to put on weight. And I was like, no way like that. I mean, are you kidding me? You're telling me, you're telling me that I have to stop running and to put on weight to get pregnant. And I was in such denial that something that was supposed to be so good for my body was actually damaging my body. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was this crazy mental game that I had to play in my head. And I did. And I stopped running. I put on a few pounds and I got pregnant and I was able to sustain the pregnancy, but I was miserable. Like I had not fully said, okay, this is what you need to do. And what you're doing is unhealthy. I just did what the doctor said because I wanted a baby so bad. And I was miserable. I was tracking my whole pregnancy. I was like making sure that every little thing was going in my mouth was what was supposed to be going in my mouth. I wasn't going to gain those 60 pounds back. And I just, I wasn't happy. And, um, I had the baby and I only gained 20 pounds and I thought that it was going to be amazing. And I was going to start running again. And then I had some medical issues with my labor and it put me out. And my husband left for when my daughter was two weeks old and he left for a three month training. So I was home by myself and I had wrapped so much value of myself in that ability to exercise that postpartum, not being able to do any physical activity for months 
destroyed me. And I remember my husband coming home one day and cause he, he was able to come home on the weekends from that training and he came home and he just like the look that he gave me was like, I'll never forget it. That was like my, he just looked at me and I could just see that like, he did not recognize who was like standing in front of him. Like he just wow. did not know who it was. And I had this newborn and I had this three-year-old and I just melted. Like I didn't know how to change things. And I just, he, we had a long conversation that night and it, a lot of things, you know, a lot of personal things, but it was the, at that moment that I, everything that I had believed that I thought was false. And in that was the belief that I needed people, what I perceived people to believe about me was so untrue. Like it, it was, I needed to fix me for me. I didn't need to fix me for anyone around me. And that was the moment that I decided I can't live like this. I can't be this person that finds value only in how she looks. And I, I, it was, so I, I, spent a whole year. I mean, that was a long, long year of me trying to recover from this pregnancy and, and getting back to stroller fit. And, and it was a long mental game of, I just stopped running for a while. Cause I knew that was kind of like my trigger. I knew that was my trigger to like, you know, what's going to happen if I start running. And I had to prove to myself that the running wasn't what was keeping me healthy. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, totally changed me. I stopped and I was able to just be happy doing the stroller fitness class. And I decided that, um, that when we, so when we moved to Washington, which was our next step after Oklahoma, I wanted to do stroller fit so bad. I wanted to teach it. I wanted to, I mean, that group of women is what, you know, helped me get through that hard time in, you know, just supporting me and, you know, and I wanted that for other women. And so I tried to do that in uh, Washington, but it wasn't successful in the beginning, but then I was able to get a good group going. And it was, that's where it sparked my my love to being able to help other women because I saw those moms. I saw them as me. Like I saw them as that Mm -hmm. old Elizabeth, like just the questions that they would ask me as an instructor and be like, okay, if I just do this, if I, if I come to this class this many times, like postpartum is a hard place to be. And I want them to know even before going into having a baby or even if they've had their babies and they're feeling this way, I want them to know that this is not forever and that there's so much more to them than what they believe and what they think other people believe. And it was just right there that I just was like, I've got to be able to help other women because I know, I know what it feels like. And I don't want women to feel that way at all. So that was a really long <laughs> explanation, but and it was that. it was so powerful because I I know that there are so many people who go through the same trajectory that you went through, and I see it. You know, some people struggle to get started and they struggle to like see results, but I find that a lot of people they co- go from one extreme to the other. Right? They go from right. 
not doing anything, feeling like they, you know, not watching any, what they eat, not watching any, doing ex- exercise. And then they get a taste of like what it feels like to exercise and like be in control of their food and all this stuff. And they almost go way far to the other side. Right. Um, and then, it, and I've seen this trajectory with so many people, they like go way far the other side, go really, really extreme. They do a fitness competition. You didn't do that, but like, <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of people like they do a fitness competition and then they like take a step back and they're like, you know what? Like there needs to be some balance here. And Mm -hmm. then you find that happy medium that's in between those two extremes. That is a really great place to be. And that's where it seems like you're at now. Like you're at, you found that, that balance. Oh, for sure. You can push yourself and you can challenge yourself and you can feel healthy and feel fit without it consuming every aspect of your life. Yeah. And it's not a punishment anymore. Like it always used to be that, you know, I'd have to, if I did this, you know, like ate this or whatever, it was always a punishment. I was always punishing myself for a choice that I made instead of just saying, Hey, I made that choice. I'm going to deal with it. Whatever that consequence is, it was always a punishment. And so, so many people want to feel like consequences are always bad. And the word consequence is usually associated with something bad, but there's so many good, like that's what I try and tell clients. Like there's so many good consequences and you just have to look for them Mm -hmm. and take ownership of whatever it is that happened and not feel like you're stuck. Like I just, yeah. And it's not punishment. Like so many people want to punish themselves and that's just the wrong, wrong mentality to have. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, mm-hmm. can I get an amen? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to give you an amen. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, hearing like your story and hearing this like journey that you've gone through, you have come out of the other side and, you know, through your, you know, we met through Instagram, we met through your Instagram account, eat squat mom. And, yeah. uh, you talk a lot about confidence and where, where did that confidence come from? Like, why is that I mean, hearing your story like helps me kind of understand, but like, how did you come out the other side feeling more confident? Oh, where do I start? Um, You know, it's funny because I feel like confidence is some, is definitely not what people believe it to be. And so when I talk confidence, a lot of people are like, you hear the word confidence and you think, oh, it's, you know, someone that is you know, beautiful and someone that just, you know, looks the part and you have this idea of what confidence is. And to me, confidence has nothing to do with the way that I look, has nothing to do with whether or not I have a six pack. It has everything to do with me choosing to own my choices. I'm confident in what I choose to be confident in because I'm owning those choices. It's not because I decided to curl my hair and put on makeup today. And now I'm this beautiful person. It's because I chose to put on makeup today because I wanted to put on makeup today. Not because it's making me more beautiful. I'm choosing to work out today, not because it's going to get me skinnier, but I'm choosing to work out today because it is making me healthier. I'm choosing not to work out today. And this is where people struggle. I'm choosing not to work out today because I don't want to. I'm tired. I'm run down. I didn't get sleep today. So I'm choosing that and I'm okay with it. And I feel like so many people think that because you're making that choice, that's opposite of what people think confidence is, you lack it or you don't, you, you're not willing to 
make sure that you're moving forward. And so for me, confidence, and I want women to understand that it's, it's not you sticking your shoulders up, you know, rolling your shoulders back and your chest out, held, held out high. It's, it's all your choices and owning them. And when you can do that, I feel like confidence just kind of spills over into other aspects of your life. You get me in a gym. I mean, you talk to some of my friends. They always say to me, you're a totally different person in the gym than you are outside the gym. And that's not a bad thing. It's just I have such confidence in the gym and confidence talking to people about having a healthy mindset and about having a healthy lifestyle that I'm confident in those areas, but you put me in a social situation where, you know, it's a group of new people and I'm new. I'm like in the corner, a wallflower like that, you know, and that is something, you know, doing this podcast right here, this is outside my comfort zone, but I feel like having confidence in one area of your life allows it to spill over into other areas. It's a slow process, but it's happening and I'm here and it's because, yeah. And it's because I was confident in another area of my life and I've looked at it and I said, why am I like, why, why does this work for me here? Like, why am I not hiding behind a wall or, you know, in this area of my life? And it's looking at that. And it's because I'm saying that whatever choice I'm making in that part of my life, I'm owning it. And so I'm here today owning whatever it is that I'm telling you, because I believe it, you know, and I think that that's a huge part of confidence. And that's really what I want women to understand that it has nothing to do with a, a number has nothing to do with how you look has nothing to do with how you speak. It's just who you are. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I mean, owning your choices. I feel, I think you hit the nail on the head. I feel like the empowerment in your life comes from simply owning your choices and, and the disconnect for a lot of people comes when their choices don't align with their values. And that's where people get guilty. That's where people say, oh, I should have done something else. And recognizing that like every single choice is within your control and that if that you will feel better aligning your choices with your values, but that's, you get to choose that, right? Like you get to make that choice. It's such a powerful place to be in. So I think people are probably going to be hearing this and being like, yeah, like I want to be more confident, but I have no idea, Elizabeth, how to do that. Like, how do I build confidence? So I know that you have five steps that you kind of talk about when you're saying how you build confidence. Can we, can we go over those? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely people first need to understand that it's a process, you know, it's again, it's not one of those quick fix things. It doesn't happen overnight, but if you can allow yourself to just take these steps over a process in a period of time and really focus that confidence on one aspect of your life. Um, most of the time, I, I mean, I gear it towards fitness and nutrition because I feel like fitness and nutrition, and I love how you say it, like it's a vessel, like, right. Is that what you say? Yep. Is it, or a vehicle yep. or a vessel, um, vehicle. vehicle, you know, just to be able to challenge yourself and make hard choices and be able to know that you're capable of doing that. And so that's why I love building confidence in fitness and nutrition, because I feel like, 
like I say, it spills over into other things. Yeah. It's a good place um, to start. Yeah. So, uh, Step one, I always talk about tell your story. Like everyone has a story and your story is yours and only yours. And I firmly believe that we create it, we define it, and we let it grow. And if we don't, we're stuck. You know, I, I, I keep saying that word, but I just, I truly believe that if you, everyone has their story and I have my story and, and my neighbor has their story and Amber, you have your story. And if you, if you just watch someone else and you just watch them and you, okay, I see them. I want to be like them. I, I see what they've struggled. We're kind of the same. And you just feed off of them you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to move forward. You have to really see where you were, see where you are now and see where you want to be. Because when you can do that, that's when you can move forward instead of just holding back. Mm -hmm. So yeah. (laughs) Great. So number one is just, is owning your story. Um, and the value that comes in that, which I think is really important. I think that kind of relates to this idea that, you know, there are unchangeable circumstances in your life, right? Like you were born a certain height and like, that's just the, your, your height, right? right. You yeah. live in a certain town right now. And that's just like a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to acknowledge those things and yet not letting them hold you back from saying, Oh, because I grew up in this town or because my mom did this, or because I didn't learn about nutrition until later, like not making that that past or that history or that story be able to mean anything about what you're continually going to be able to be capable of in the future. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that is so well said. It's just you have to take that story and take those things that have defined you throughout your life and look at them as good things and look at them as things that are going to help you move forward and not, like you say, your height. It's not, you know, it's not the thing that's holding you back. What's holding your back is your belief about your height. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Tell your story. So what's number two? Number two, establish your why. I know that this is everywhere, but it is so, so important. Cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. It's true. So true. And this goes for all aspects of your life, but establish your why clients will come and they'll be talking to you and you talk to them. And their first thing is you, you're like, so why did you want me to uh, be your coach? What are you here for? And they say, Oh, because I want to lose weight. I'm always like, well, why, you know, cause that is their instantaneous thought. They think I'm here because I want to lose weight. And it's not that instant desire. That instant desire is there because there's something driving that thought. So it's finding that that is what's going to be your why. So then I always say, well, why, why do you want to lose weight? And then they have to respond to that. And then I say, why, why do you want that? So kind of like the thought process would be like, so I want to lose weight. Well, why? because I want to feel better about myself. Why? Because I feel unsatisfied just sitting here as an everyday mom and I'm not doing anything for myself. Okay. Well, why? I need it because I took time to care. Okay. Why? And then that's what just like, they come to the solution of, well, maybe because you know what? I'm worth it. I want to do this. I'm here. I want you to teach me because I know I'm worth it and I'm ready to believe it. And that's their why. 
They want it for so many other reasons than just losing weight. And it's just that initial surface thought that we need to break down and figure out. And that is establishing your why. And that's why that's so important because that's where your motivation comes from. Because then when you lose sight of things along the way and you're just, you know, something happens, life comes up or you lose it, you you get that instantaneous thought of, oh, I'm not going to reach my goal of losing weight. And I have to re help them refocus and be like, okay, well, remember, that's not why we're doing that. Okay. So this, this little life situation that's happening for you, how is it affecting your true why? Okay. What are we doing that it's not helping you establish this true why? Because that's what we need to fix. And that's why establishing your why is so important. Yeah. I love that. Such, such, such good stuff, Elizabeth. All right. What about number three? Number three is finding your limiting factors. So limiting factors are the things in your life that you cannot control. Everybody has them. Life happens. Get over it. Like that's, I mean, that is like what I want to tell people. I love love a little tough love. I know that it's so tough love, but the thing is, is life happens. Not everyone's life is the same. My problems are not your problems. Your neighbor's problems are not your problems. Like, but life happens and we just have to get over it. So the fact that you have a newborn and you are not sleeping at night, that is your life right now. That is your limiting factor. Okay. So your sleep, lack of sleep is your limiting factor. You just can't control that right now. You have you know, you work the night shift and so your schedule is all mixed up. That is your limiting factor because you just can't control that schedule. But those limiting factors are what lead us to our excuses. So we say, I can't do this because of this. Okay. So your limiting factor is now your excuse. I am not able to do it because of that. And if you can assume find those, write them down and say, these are the things that are really, you know, holding me back or what I feel like are holding me back or what I'm creating excuses around and make a list of three or four of them. You will be able to create solutions in how you're able to adapt and be able to make those limiting factors not be an excuse. They're still going to be there, but you're able to make solutions around them instead of excuses. Uh, yeah. And not see them as something that has to limit your capabilities. Uh, right. I'm reading a, a book and it's talking about limiting beliefs and how um, it gave this, this, this example, which I thought was such a fabulous visual for people. Um, how, how do you take, how do people people. How do like trainers train an elephant to stay in one place with just a like simple rope around their leg? Uh, and you know, the, the elephant could absolutely walk off and like break the rope. It's not a big deal, but they don't. And why don't they do it? And the reason is because when they're a child, a child, a baby elephant, when they're a baby elephant, they use a chain and they can't break the chain. And so that elephant very quickly learns that they're only able to go as long as that chain is. And as that elephant grows, that elephant has that limiting belief that like, I can't break this chain. So I'm not even going to try. And so by the time they get to be a big elephant, 
even if they just have a simple rope on their leg, like they won't go past that rope because they have this belief that they aren't able to. And I think that happens so often in our lives that we put these limiting beliefs on ourselves that like, no, I can't do that. Or I'm not able to do that. Or she can do that. But like, that's not anything that I could ever do. And because of those limiting beliefs, we don't ever try and we don't ever push our limits and we don't ever, you know, try to break past what we think we are capable of. And in truth, we're capable of a whole lot more than we think we're capable of. Oh, for sure. And I always say, like, if you choose, and there's that word again, it's all about your choices. If you choose to live a life where you're constantly saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, you will for like, you will remain there. Like you will remain in that place and you will start to believe that that is where you belong. And that's where those limiting factors are a problem is because they're starting to make you believe that that is where you're supposed to be. And that's just totally not true. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great stuff. Okay. What's next? Uh, number four, which I talked about. So you're going to find solutions, not excuses. So you have those limiting factors and I'll go talk, talking back to, cause I know I get this a lot is, um, a lot of women who are postpartum and they come and they want to lose the baby weight and they still have a baby that isn't sleeping through the night. And so they have all this, they're, they're just sleep deprived. And so they say, well, it's just, I'd rather take a nap than, than exercise. And if that's what you want to do, by all means, take a nap. I mean, that's the choice. And I'm not saying that is the wrong choice to do, but you can't use the baby not sleeping as an excuse not to exercise because you're making that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, a limiting factor, or that would be your limiting factor. And then you create a solution to that limiting factor. So you schedule 20 minutes, three times a week. Now that's on you. And you've said, I'm scheduling 20 minutes, three times a week at this particular time. It does not have to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It does not have to be specific days. It's just three days in the week. So you get to Friday and you've only worked out one, like done 20 minutes of exercising once that week. It is now you saying, I am choosing, I have to get two more sessions in. Like I just do because I made that goal. I am not going to allow myself to let these limiting factors control who I am or what I want. And so it's creating those solutions to those excuses. Awesome. Yeah. And feeling empowered when you do that, right? Like, right. It is empowering to be able to say, here's like the situation. I have a newborn baby. Like that just is, that's that's what it is. Yeah. But that doesn't have to mean anything about what I'm capable of or what I can do. And I can make a choice of how I allot my energy and allot my time and allot my priorities. And that's not <clears> to say that that means that if you have a newborn baby, that you should be doing an hour of workout a week and, or a day and you should feel guilty if you don't, but you get to align your priorities with what you think is important. And being intentional about that is what it really comes down to. Right. And the, and I like to say, a lot like everyone has, and this is where people I think get mixed up in believing they have to do a certain thing. Like they have to, okay, the well, shoulds. I, I hate the shoulds, I right? Should the shoulds, <laughs> like I should do this or, you know, and so they say, okay, well, I only have 20 minutes. I'm just not going, that's just not enough time. You're moving your body like 20 minutes. You're just move. Like if you're just walking for 20 minutes, it's, it's creating so much more than just a calorie deficit. Well, and, like, and it's, it's keeping a promise to yourself. Right. And you talk yeah. about building confidence. You start keeping your promises to yourself. 
watch how your confidence is going to grow. Because then, you know, when I say I'm going to do something, girl, I'm going to do it. Even if it yeah. means that I'm going to get out and just go for a 20 minute walk. Cause I said, I was going to work out 20 minutes today. Yeah. It's the idea of structure. Like with workouts, I think it's the idea of like structured. Okay. So my 20 minute workout of high intensity interval training, I'm so tired. It's just not going to happen today. So I'm just not going to do it. Instead of saying, okay, it's 20 minutes. High intensity interval training sounds really brutal to me right now. I'm just going to go for a walk. Yeah. I'm going to choose to do something different. Right. And so it's that you just kind of have to just where you're setting those solutions it's just, and it's not being extreme. Like it's not saying 20 minutes of hit workout four days a week on these days. It's just 20 minutes of movement, whatever that may be three times a week. And just holding, like you say, that promise, holding yourself to that promise. And then those solutions are something that you check off at the end of the day. It is just a simple yes. And it is a simple no. It is not, well, maybe I sort of kind of did it. It is just yes or no. And holding yourself accountable to those choices. Cause that's, what's going to lead to habits and routine and consistency is, you know, kind of that checklist process of just, Hey, I did it. I completed it. I'm proud of myself or no, I didn't. And I need to reevaluate. Maybe, maybe there's more when a lot of clients can check. No, I kind of go back and say, okay, well, this was your limiting factor that we kind of stated before. Is there something else that's kind of in there that we didn't really look at that's causing that limiting factor to have a limiting factor. Does that make sense? So it's kind of just re-looking at that and saying, okay, you checked the box. No, let's, let's see why you checked the box. No. Yeah, totally. Good stuff. Okay. What's number five? Uh, number five is reward and reassess. Cause I really feel like if there is no reward at the end of this, I mean, what are we doing this for? Right? <laughs> like, um, so I just, at the end of the week, it's that, did you complete it? Yes or no. Or, you know, give yourself that extra little bit of confidence boost by saying, Oh my gosh, I look at everything that I accomplished this week and, and don't just check off the nose and don't just check off, you know, and just look at everything that you did accomplish and reward yourself. And sometimes I like to say, Oh, well, that's chocolate. Like I'm going to give myself a little bit of chocolate today or, mm-hmm. and you know, that has nothing to do with let's reward yourself. Cause you hit every single macro number. It's let's reward yourself because of some routine that you stuck to, or you were consistent all week with making sure that you were getting up in the morning and starting your day off by writing in your journal, like whatever it is, it's just reward yourself through any kind of rewardment system. And it doesn't have to be through chocolate or food or giving yourself a cheat meal or, but just rewarding yourself by complimenting. Like, I really feel like complimenting ourselves is the best thing that we can do. And just giving your own self a high five or like even just going to your husband and just saying, or partner, whoever it is, and just saying, telling them about your week and like, this is what I accomplished. Like I'm impressed. Like these are the things that I'm really happy that I was able to do. And also those people are the same people that can help you when you can say, okay, I struggled with this. And it's just really evaluating what it is that, got in the way, what you feel like you could improve on, and what are the things that you just were freaking awesome at that week. 
but making sure that you're acknowledging all of those things and not just because I think it's those little negative things that are going to always be the things that stick out to us. And so when we check that box, no, instantly we're sitting, we just focus on that. No, we don't look at the 10 boxes of yes that were checked above it. And so I think it's really important to reassess and then reward for those things that we, we feel like we just were awesome at. That's awesome. Oh, those were such good tips. Can you recap those, all five of them, one more time for us? Yes, it is. Tell your story because everyone has a unique, unique story. Establish your why, and that is your true why, not just your instant desire. Find your limiting factors. Life happens. Get over it. Uh, Number four, find a solution, not an excuse to those limiting factors. Take ownership, own those choices. And number five, reward and reassess because everyone loves chocolate. (laughs) Everyone loves a good reward. Those are awesome. And I think, I I hope that people are coming away with some really actionable things to do the next couple of days to be able to be more intentional about building that confidence. And I really do think that as you are intentional about it and as you start to develop those habits and that just, you know, routine of like, this is how I deal with life. Like you said, it spills over into other areas of your life. And I think you and I both love fitness because we see that in clients. We see that it's, it's about fitness, but it isn't about fitness. It's about how fitness is a really great vehicle for making these changes in your life, for being, having personal integrity, for setting goals and achieving them. And when you start doing that in one area of your life, man, oh man, it changes so many other areas of your life. And right. I mean, I can't speak for you, but that's why I do what I do. And I think it's why you do what you do. Yeah, for well. sure. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Elizabeth. So if someone wants to connect with you and they want to follow you on Instagram, can you kind of give us the lay of the land of how they connect with you? Yeah. I am eat.squat.mom. You have to put those little dots in there for Instagram. And then it's just eat squat mom for Facebook with no little dot. And then you can also, I have my website, which is just eat squat mom.com. And then I'm also on Pinterest. Same thing. Eat squat mom. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story and owning your own story and sharing with us a little bit of how how we can build confidence in our lives. Oh, thank you so much, Amber. It was my pleasure. Wasn't that a great interview? I just love what Elizabeth has to say about confidence and about how it just really can change the trajectory of your life. Fitness is about so much more than aesthetics. It's about so much more than workouts. It's about so much more than what you eat. It is about who it makes you become as a person. And, and, you know, I say it in the interview and I'll say it again. Fitness is a vehicle for transformation in, in other areas of your life. And, you know, I just love being able to see that transformation happen in so many women. Thanks for being here. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up sister friend. Do you love biceps after babies radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. 
If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.